Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Yeah, my name is Henny. For those of you that don't know, hello. Hello, hello. I, I actually stood there at the back thinking one of these days I'm going to be that guy. But tonight is not going to be that night. So I'm just going to warn you in advance that some evening I'm going to be that guy that says, do you see all of these empty chairs in front? Come sit in them. But don't worry, not tonight. Okay, so you can sit just where you are and feel welcome. Um, yeah, we, we are busy with a, a season where we speak a lot about kingdom um, and family and how so many times when we look in the natural and we look at each other, we see, we see things from a certain perspective, but the moment we allow the Holy Spirit to lift our eyes, we start thing, seeing things from a new perspective, from a kingdom perspective. Then suddenly relationships change, the way we see life change, the way we respond to God change. There's so many things, things that, that changes and um, I just, while we were worshiping, I just, I just had this experience that, um, that there's someone here um, that's a bit unsure of their relationship with, with Jesus. And I kind of had this experience that um, I can not in Afrikaans say, and that must not be recording. We are not, because it is not English. Nie. But I believe, I believe in my Christ. This is an Afrikaans person. What for the Lord, for the Lord, I would like to better know. And it makes you think what the Lord does not. Your your forefathers believe in other. Keeps on changing. I can follow my heart. You believe for the Lord. Say, Lord, as I for my dad do. Dan zal ik. En dan doen die heren dit, dan sê jy nie maar, heren, as jy vir my dit doen, dan sal ek. En dan doen die heren dit, en dan, en dan, dan sê jy vir die heren, maar heren, as jy, as jy vir my hierdie ding gee, of hierdie ding weis, of hierdie ding doen, dan sal ek. En I just sense this almost moving and then stopping. And then this almost moving and, and stopping. And, and before we start... I want to ask us as a, as a family two questions. And, and let's just for a moment just pray into that before we go into the, into the sermon. The first thing is, would you really like to know Jesus? Because let's settle that in our hearts. You know, let's, let's stop the pretense and the uncertainty and Yeramadi and I. Do I really believe I need to know Jesus? I, I want to know him. We're going to pray into that now. The second question is, I really sense in my heart specifically that there is for some of us that one thing that we battle to lay down. That's completely um, stopping us. Every time we start moving in a direction, it's, it's stopping us to really enter into boldness and courage following Jesus. So let's just close our eyes for a moment, will you? With me, I'll actually make word to Marky. Unless can I fall, but I will. I will pray with you. So, will you there where you are sitting 
decide, Lord, I'm done playing games. I want to know you, Jesus. Tonight I make a decision to allow you to reveal yourself to me. And I'm willing to follow however you lead. If that's you, just take a moment and pray into that, just in your own words. And for that person, or a few of you, that tonight feel I, I come close to following Jesus, and every time I'm close to him, this one thing keeps on stopping me. Let's pray with you tonight for that. If you are willing, quickly, no one's going to have a look. Just quickly put your hand up and let's just say, Lord, this is me. There's this one thing that's stopping me every time I just want to start moving. Just quickly put your hand up, let it down. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm not going to send you anywhere. Lord, thank you for responses of obedience saying, Lord, this is me. As a family, as a family tonight, Lord, we agree together with our brothers and sisters that's, that's battling with this one thing. And we pray in Jesus' name for a breakthrough. Lord, we trust you and we have faith as a family in you to bring a breakthrough in this specific area of their lives. Will you just in your own words say it with me? Lord, we trust you for a breakthrough. We have faith in you for a breakthrough. Just the way you are, just say it, just soft. You can just whisper it if you don't want to say it out loud. Just say, Lord, I'm trusting you for a breakthrough. On behalf of my brothers and sisters. Lord, before we go into reading your word, we, we just, we just want to pray, Holy Spirit, please, will you open our eyes so we can clearly see? Will you please open our minds so we can clearly understand? Will you help us please open our hearts, allow you to bring transformation in us, make us new, help us see, help us understand, help us believe. Please work in us to will, Lord. Lord, we also pray for any heaviness that's laying on any one of us that's kind of feels like it's pressing us down. We pray that you would lift the heaviness in Jesus' name. Every person that feels weary, tired, broken down, thank you for lifting a yoke that's not from you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we are speaking tonight about rewards. And um, yeah, this morning we, we kind of ended in a place where we said that um, we didn't say what the reward is. So maybe tonight we will, maybe we won't. But the important part is that we will know how to get the rewards. Okay, help that. Okay, so we'll get to that now. So when I prayed, when I prayed over this word, I sat with my eyes closed and um, I started praying and, and I saw a face of a person that I know. And, um, 
And immediately the face of this person brought about a certain experience in my heart. I felt, for some of the faces that I saw, I felt love, I felt accepted, and, um, and that was the easy ones to respond to. Like, it was as if something in my heart responded to the faces I was busy seeing, and, um, and as I responded, it, it felt like something in my heart was going deeper, as if I'm gaining a deeper understanding of relationship as I responded to the faces. But there were other faces that I saw of people that did not make me feel safe. They made me feel unsure and uncomfortable and insecure. And for some moments, I actually had a look at these faces, and, and I, I, I kind of shied away from them as if I felt to protect myself. And when I did that, I did not go deeper. I stayed where I was until a different face came up again. And, and about after four or five faces that I saw in this, in this image or, or dream that I had or vision, um, I, I could determine that, that as I look at the faces and I responded to the faces, something in my response actually made my idea about relationships deeper. It, it's, as if it, it's as, if it, as if it grounded some idea of what I had of relationships, but if I did not, I, I just stayed the same. And as I prayed into that, I felt the Holy Spirit saying to me that um, he wants to speak to me and he wants to speak to us about who we allow to influence us. So before we go further, I want you to quickly close your eyes and we will do it for a short while so you don't fall asleep. I want you to close your eyes quickly and I want you to, I'm going to pray for us and, and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to show us some faces and I want you to feel and experience what happens in you when you see these faces, okay? So Holy Spirit, we just, we are in this with you. We are in this word that you want to share with us tonight and, and we just want to say, Lord, as you teach us, please show us what happens in us as we see these faces. I'm just going to give about 30 seconds or so. Just allow these faces to, to come up in your mind and experience what happens inside of you. Okay, open your eyes. I told the people this morning, if, if you leave me with my eyes closed seeing people, I will be going to buy buffalo wings and um, a few things in a very short time. So please don't leave me with my eyes closed. Otherwise, I'll be visiting with them at a different place in my mind. But um, I want you to turn to the person next to you quickly and tell them just one way you determine who you allow to have influence in your life. How do you determine... Who do you allow to have influence in your life? How do you determine that? How do you choose that person? Okay? We cannot always choose who we spend time with or who we see or who we work with or who we meet at a um, shop or wherever we go. But somehow we have that idea of who we allow to have an influence in our lives. Okay, quickly turn to the one next to you. Discuss with them at least one way you determine. Okay, so we all have a good idea of who we choose or at least how we choose people to influence our lives. 
And for some of us, a lot of that um, opinions been shaped probably by people that that um, that made it hard to allow anyone to influence you, and that's why we kind of put a, a type of a structure, with a type of an idea in place to to protect us and to keep us from allowing the wrong people to have influence in our lives. Um, and as we read through through the scriptures for tonight, I want you to to allow with me because because this is also special to me to allow the Holy Spirit to also bring this alive in me. Say, Lord, please, please help me see what you want us to see. Is that okay? So we're reading from Matthew 10, verse 40 to 42. And um, for those of you that want to know in advance where we are going, there will be four points. And after that, we will see what happens. Okay. So Matthew 10, verse 40 to 42. Whoever receives you receives me. And whoever receives me, receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet, because he is a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person, because he is a righteous person, will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water, because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward so the first thing that was very interesting to me um, was the difference between the Afrikaans and English versions I think the English translators puts a lot of trust in the intellect of all the English readers because in the Afrikaans you can see who the you and me and him and that and they and everyone is because it's, it's clearly defined obviously they trust you to to translate it well but um for the sake of, of those of you that, like me, thought, yo, there's a lot of you and me and you and everyone, and there's no capital letters, so I can assume something and whatever. We're just going to stand still with that to start off with. But before we go there, Matthew 10 is quite a, a, um, a loaded chapter in the Bible. For those of you that didn't recently read that chapter, I would really recommend that you go read that because obviously if if we had to go through the whole Matthew 10 it you know it's going to be a while okay so we are only standing still at the last portion but I decided to just share some of the some of the topics that Jesus himself discussed in Matthew 10 so he starts off Matthew 10 to say who the 12 apostles is then he sends the 12 then he speaks about that persecution will come then he tells them to have no fear. Then he tells them that he, is, he did not come to bring peace but a sword. And then he speaks about rewards. And there was something that stuck to me when, I, when we got to rewards. And we're going to have a look at that tonight. Because I really believe that God wants to reveal something to us about the heart he intended us to have as a family. As a disciple of Jesus, being part of a fellowship and a family of people that's following him together. Okay? So the last verse of chapter 9, just before we go to chapter 10, um, verse 40, it says, Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. 
Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Now, in short, that means that the harder you try to gain life on earth, the bigger are your chances of not getting life. But the sooner you start surrendering and giving over to Jesus, the, the greater are the opportunity and chance for him to come show you what true life is really like. Vare lewe. So Matthew 10 verse 40 to 42 reads like this. Whoever receives... Yes, the point. As I... Whoever receives... You receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. <laughs> it sounds like something that can keep you busy. So, for interest's sake, I am, we're going to speak about the whoever first. The whoever, quite funny. Um, I will tell you later why I said that, but I had to look that up in the Greek because it changes throughout these three scriptures. Whoever here, even in the Greek, means whoever. Okay? Everyone, whoever. Okay, that's important to know because it's going to change. So just make a mental note of that. Whoever here means literally anyone. Whoever receives you, disciples. So this receives means receive as in not only receiving a person, but receiving someone as an ambassador of someone. So the word receive here doesn't only mean welcome him into your home, give him food, give him shelter. The word here means I receive you as someone that's an ambassador of someone. Okay? Whoever receives, whoever welcomes and accept, another word for that receive is accept, you, that you is the disciples, receives, accept, welcome, me. Jesus. And whoever, die Griekse amal, receives, welcomes, accept me, Jesus, receives him, the Father, who sent me, Jesus. Interesting that, that he tells the disciples, listen, this is what's going to happen throughout the whole of chapter 10. I'm sending you in this way and this way and this way. Do not be afraid. All of those themes that we spoke about. But he tells them, whoever receives you, receives me, Jesus. And whoever receives me, Jesus, receives him, the Father, who sent me, Jesus. Now, for most of us, um, we were a whoever at, what, at one stage of our lives. We were just someone that miraculously by the grace of God met someone, an ambassador of Jesus who spoke to us about him. Spoke to us about Jesus. Spoke to us about what he did on the cross. Spoke to us about what he paid. How he reconciled us to the Father. How he opened the door. How he eased the door. How he gave us life. As we received that person, that ambassador, we had the opportunity to receive Jesus. Now, for some of us, we have not yet received Jesus. And, and afterwards, we will spend a, a time in prayer and allow everyone that, that as God stirred you throughout this, this time to pray into what's been happening in your heart. 
So as I say this, I want you to think about the time when you were that whoever that welcomed and accepted a disciple of Jesus and by way of implication accepted the message the disciple had, the ambassador had, Jesus himself. And as we receive Jesus, we receive the Father. That's what Jesus is explaining here. So while I was thinking about this, I actually had this idea that um, when, I, when I call one of my kids, um, the one that's the most entertaining to me personally is, is Mia, for those of you that don't know her. Um, she's this small or tall or little or whatever you call it. She's six years old now. And I would call her and say, Mia, will you please go tell the other kids to start tidying up their rooms and to get you a shake, because they drink shake in the mornings, okay? So it's always interesting, and I always quietly to hear what she says, because she mastered this idea of being sent by someone and the power that gives her. Okay, so, so she, would, she would listen to me and say, okay, so we must tidy our rooms, and they must help me with the shake. And I'm like, yes, go. And I hear running through the hallway to them and telling them, literally, I'm not exaggerating, but she, she goes like this. Listen, Jelle, Leister Jelle, listen you. Dad said, you better start tidying this room because he is coming with his belt. And... And he also said, you should make me a shake. And, and I'm sitting in the bed and I'm calling Amia, come here. And says, yo, Papa. And, and this, the, the, um, the tone of her voice changes, right? From the authority person, like, yo, Papa. And I'm like, come here, so. And she comes to me and I said, listen, that's not what I said. And she's like, Papa, I told them to tidy. And I told them to give me a shake. And I was like, yes, but you like, don't you get itchy bay? Like, don't you think you put something in there that I didn't put in there? And she's like, yes, no, I know. I say, go back to them and tell them, no, that's not what dad said. He's not going to come with the belt. And what that's like, you know, where if I ask any of the other ones, if I ask Armand or Esme or Anli, they would do the same thing, going to them and say, listen, um, <clears throat> you better start tidying your room. And they will say, no, we, are, we don't want to. And um, after a while, they will come back to me and say, listen, they don't want to listen to me. And I'm like, okay, but did you say I sent you? And they were like, no. Or maybe sometimes I would call them and say, hey, this aqua that say, this is ua. And then it starts happening. Okay, so that's the difference between the lot of them. So when I thought of this idea of an ambassador, I started thinking about this, about this disciple that heard all of these things, having this authority being sent out to someone, and we having the opportunity and the invitation to bend to that and to say we receive or we stand against. We want to first see 
who sent you. And for every one of us at one specific point in time, we had to make that decision. Okay, I did not see Jesus. I did not hear him say to them, come say that to me. But something in me moves as this person speaks to me. Whether it is in a worship set or whether it is wherever, something is moving in me. And it feels like this person is not speaking on their own behalf. Something is changing. And scripture says, whoever receives, welcomes, accepts the disciple, the ambassador, receives me, Jesus. And whoever receives me, Jesus, receives him, the father who sent me, Jesus. If you have heard an invitation of someone speaking about Jesus, and you were not yet in a place where you received, please don't leave tonight before we could pray with you. Please don't let this opportunity go by. Let's go on. Matthew 10 verse 41a. The one, the one who receives a prophet, because he is a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward. Now yeah, the whoever changes to the one, and that's quite interesting. I've never noticed this until I started studying specifically and really went into the scripture. But the reason why whoever changes to the one is this one. Initially it was whoever. That whoever changed to the one, the one who, the one who received the ambassador of Jesus by implication receiving Jesus, by implication receiving the Father. That one. Who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. That, that one is someone that by identification descended from Jesus. He is now of one unity of the spirit and of unity in faith. The word prophet here, in very simplistic terms, we're not going to go exactly into what a prophet is or is not at this stage. A prophet, a person directed by the inspiration of God to proclaim his will for the present or the future. So now we see Jesus speaking about the people that he's going to send his ambassadors to, who's us, any point in time. He sends an ambassador to us with a very specific message. When you receive that ambassador, you receive him. When you receive him, you receive the father. And when you receive the message of the prophet, either for this moment in time or for the future. Now, all of us had an opportunity where someone came to us and said, listen, God showed me, well, not all of us, but you are here now, so you have that moment now, if you've never had it before. Um, most of us had that opportunity where we heard someone say, listen, I prayed for you and this is something that God shared with me. Someone will maybe come to you in a more direct and a, and a I don't want to say harsh, but a more insensitive way, sometimes saying things, and then the attitude of our hearts are really revealed, right? When someone comes and, and they give us a word and they, and they say something, and it stirs within us. It's kind of like that face that we, that, that we see from time to time that we feel I want to reject this influence. Because it didn't come in the way that I wanted to. 
He didn't come in the words that I wanted to. He didn't come in the time that I wanted to. He didn't come in the way I wanted to. And it's not a nice word, okay? (laughs) I didn't want to hear that word. But here Jesus says, receive. Have a posture of receiving whatever God wants to do in your life. Because we like to speak. And we like to lead. And we like to guide. And we like to influence. I actually stood with someone today and um, we had a conversation after the morning service. And the person was, was speaking to me and, and the person was still busy speaking and, um, and some testifying actually. And, um, and in that time, I just waited for my opportunity to speak back, to also say something. And in the moment I said it, the Holy Spirit said, you're not receiving. We are so eager to speak. We are so eager to lead. I'm not saying don't lead, don't speak. But there's a heart that God wants to reveal to us as a family of listening and receiving from one another. That we need to be aligned with how God reveals. In Matthew 6 verse 15, in Matthew 10 verse 6 to 15, it's not on the board. I want to, it's, it's earlier in the chapter that we are busy reading from. And I just want to read a few scriptures from there. He speaks to the disciples, Jesus, he says, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You receive without paying, give without pay. Then he goes on to say, don't go prepared. Like, don't go with gold and silver. Don't go with a bag. Don't go with two tunics or with sandals or with stuff. Verse 15 says, ach, verse 14 says, And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. So here's an invitation of Jesus saying, listen, I am sending you out. We pray that there will be a receiving of hearts. But when you go and they do not receive you, shake off the dust from your feet and leave. Now for most of us, that's kind of a a confronting idea. Given that so many times we we go into prayer when we speak to God and we ask certain things and we ask specific guidance and and leading and we ask specific revelation and we ask specific answers or whatever and then then someone meets with us or we we get to speak to someone and it's maybe not in a time or in a way or whatever that we anticipated and we miss that moment because we are not in the habit and the posture of receiving. There's nothing that silences someone more than someone that doesn't want to listen. I don't know if you experienced that before, but the moment you start speaking to someone and they start speaking like Oreo, keep on interrupting you, they keep on whatever, and, and then they will go this side and that side. It, it only takes so long and then you, you keep quiet. And the, the feeling I get with the scripture is as if Jesus is saying, 
When you go there and you start speaking and they want to be self-knowing, self-righteous, self-justifying, shake the dust off your feet and go. May, may we not be that people. I'm really, I'm really trusting the Holy Spirit that we would not be that people. That when he sends an ambassador revealing how Jesus wants his kingdom to come, that we will be that person that receives. And we really need revelation to be able to do that. That's not something that's within our own power or within our own might because we want to be and we want to look okay at all times. Right? Matthew 10 verse 41. And the one... Who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. Again, not whoever, the one, the one who, the one who received the ambassador of Jesus by implication, received Jesus by implication, received the father, one who laid down his life. Okay, that one. Receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. Now the Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible defines righteous in two ways. <clears throat> one way is from God's perspective and one way is from our perspective. Because especially when we read scriptures like this about receiving someone, I think there must have been some alarm bells going off in your mind already saying, listen, but you can't receive from everyone. Right, And we are so specific when we get to who we are willing to listen to that that bar is even too high for us. So the first definition of righteous, a righteous person, as we read here, a righteous person, the one who receives a righteous person, says a person that is just in the eyes of God surrendered to him. So the intention of their heart is to live a life that is surrendered to Jesus. And we all know people like that. Not perfect, but surrendered to Jesus. Someone, someone constantly and actively laying their lives down to follow Jesus. And we can see that they are not perfect, obviously, The second, the second way um, righteous is defined, I just want to read a, a part of this. It's, it's a bit long, so, so please bear with me. I will read until I feel we've heard enough to know this is harsh. What I want you to do while you listen to this definition is I don't want you to think about someone outside of you or I want you to think about yourself, Okay? Because it's easy to, um, to measure someone else saying that person is righteous and that person not and that person does well and that person not. The Afrikaans version um, or translation actually says some, iemand wat recht lewe. Okay? So righteous is a bit of a different word. But listen to this definition. And I want you to, to think um, for yourself, not for someone else. Listen to this. 
righteous definition according to the to the Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible. It says conformity to a certain set of expectations, which vary from role to role. Righteousness is fulfillment of the expectations in any relationship, whether with God or other people. It is applicable at all levels of society and is relevant in every area of life. Therefore, righteousness denotes the fulfilled expectations in relationship between man and wife, parents and children, fellow citizens, employer and employee, merchant and customers, ruler and citizens, and God and man. Depending on the fulfillment of one's expectations, an individual could be called righteous, and his or her acts and speech could be designated as righteous. I mean, it goes on and on and on. But even if you listen to that part only, depending on the fulfillment of one's expectations, an individual could be called righteous and his or her acts and speech could be designated as righteous. According to the expectations. Now to me, that sounds like something that I am disqualified from, from the first statement as being righteous. And even, even so, we, we still keep on kind of having a look at, especially fellow family members. I think by now, something in our minds changed about the fact that we do not expect fruit of the Spirit of someone that does not have the Spirit. Right? But it changes when we speak about someone that actually has the Holy Spirit. Something in us changes when we have a look at them. And we really expect of them to be righteous in every situation in every relationship whether husband and wife parent or child merchant whatever form of life and the interesting thing is the expectations changes with every with every relationship so it's not as if you can say if i do these five things correctly then i'm okay it changes in every relationship The one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. For some of us tonight, maybe we should acknowledge with ourselves that, that we are a bit harsh in our ruling of who a righteous person is, starting with ourselves. Measuring when we look outside ourselves, who we allow as someone that can speak on behalf of Jesus. The last scripture before we pray. Matthew 10 verse 42. And whoever gives one of these little ones. Even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple. Truly I say to you. He will by no means lose his reward. Not the word whoever again. Whoever. Gives one of these little ones. Even a cup of cold water. Because he is a disciple. Truly I say to you. He will by no means lose his reward. Firstly little ones. The reference is to someone that's lowly in spirit. 
someone that from a wrong perspective and definition on earth, we determine as someone that's either someone that's a big disciple, someone that's making an obvious difference, maybe standing in front of a lot of people, maybe the one that's asked always to pray at corporate functions or whatever, you know, I'll take a glass of water to him. But the one that purely by association is a disciple of Jesus, we often push away and we often neglect. And that's literally the way we do it. The same way we determine who is righteous, the same way we determine who is a worthy disciple and ambassador of Jesus. And for that specific person, I'm willing to give a cup of water. All of this um, social standards and and, um, structures and hierarchies that, that we submit ourselves to, Jesus says, whoever gives one of these little ones a cup of water, a cup of water, literally according to, uh, to, according to the definitions, it means a, the smallest service. Something that does not even take a lot of you, a lot of me. The smallest servant, giving someone a cup of water. Because he is a disciple, not because he speaks in front of a lot of people, not because he has a miraculous ministry that prays for thousands and and thousands of people get saved and, and hundreds of people get healed and whatever. I'm not willing to only give that person a cup of water. I'm also willing to give the person a cup of water that's walking alongside me. That's the littlest of ambassadors of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he is a disciple. That's the measurement. That's the that's the family that we are in. And when we adopt a heart of of being superior in our minds in terms of who's righteous, or if we, from a a self-righteous perspective, decide who we are willing to serve, the heart that Jesus is trying to communicate here is way above us, over our heads. There's something of a receiving Jesus through people, through his family, that needs to be revealed to us. Lastly, before we pray, we see a descending climax in, in, in this um, three scriptures. We start off with um, an ambassador of Jesus. He then goes on to say a prophet, someone that, that brings the word of God for a specific moment in time, either for that specific moment or for the future. Then he goes on in the a, in a, in a verse after that to say a righteous man. And then he goes on after that to say, little one. Someone that's according to our standards not so high in hierarchy, leadership. Someone that I will not necessarily be excited to be seen in public together. And it's, it's kind of funny to say it like that, but... We, we tend to not say it that way. We tend to say, I would want to be seen with that person in public. Because we try to justify it to ourselves. So the questions I would like us to pray into tonight, and, and we're going to create an opportunity where we can turn to each other there where we are seated. Yes, thank you, Maria. Um, For those of you that's that's really English among us, I don't know whether there should have been whom or who, but as that your verschrikkelijk plaat just 
topics the aim out, out in your mind. That was what suggested on on um, Grammarly. So, can we have a vote for it? Must all whom or who start? Make it easy, Shane. Thank you, Shane. Okay, Shane said, "Make it easy." Bot to geslaan op jou. Thank you. Whom do whom do I receive? Whom do I receive? Is my measurement of people of influence I allow into my life really solely based on an ambassador of Jesus Christ, or do I really receive from anyone that I feel can benefit me? <clears throat> whom do I receive? Do I receive the message that they bring? Do I receive? Do I have a posture of receiving the message? Whether it is for that specific moment in time or whether it is for my future or whether it's something that I like or don't like or whether it's in a space and time that I like or don't like. It doesn't matter. You know, Vian, um, in, in previous sermons, he, he joked a lot about someone saying, you know, a disciple is that kind of person that, that doesn't know what fits when. You know, they don't know when is the when is the time for what. They will add a they will stand at a bri and then all of a sudden start speaking about Jesus. And a lot of people will say, "Hey, this this It's not the time." Are we willing to receive the message whenever, through whoever, at whatever time it comes? Do we have a posture of receiving? How do I measure righteousness? And how do I measure a righteous person? Do I really believe that a, that a person needs to be perfect because he's, before he's able to resemble and speak something that's from God? Am I? You know, if you ask yourself there where you are sitting, am I ever qualified as a righteous person? Completely righteous, ever. And then from that, being able to then prophesy, minister to someone speaking to someone about Jesus because that might be the thing that's holding you back there might be an idea that I need to be perfect and also someone else needs to be perfect before I can listen before I can receive do I serve the little ones <laughs> or am I focused more on being seen with the right people that are at the right place at the right time or do I give a cup of cold water to someone that's not seen, not heard, not in any way miraculous, along worldly terms, but he's a disciple of Jesus. I honestly believe that there's something that God wants to reveal to us as a church family. To receive from one another, to allow God as ambassadors to send us to each other, but to create a posture of our hearts to say, Lord, I want to receive. I don't want to sit on a pedestal judging. I want to, I want to bend my knee and I want to receive. So I'm going to pray for us. And then after I prayed, um, I want us to stay in this moment of prayer. Turn to the one next to you, pray with them. Even, even if the Holy Spirit showed you something that, that's not on the board, I'm not going to walk around and listen to what you're praying about. <laughs> but let's pray. and Let's say, Lord, please teach me. You know, when the Holy Spirit was sent by Jesus, He said, 
I'm sending the Holy Spirit to remind you about the things that I've said. And Lord, as we pray tonight, Holy Spirit, we desperately need that. Because along worldly standards, Lord, any is not enough. No person is perfect enough, Lord, to really surrender our hearts and allow and receive and accept a word from someone if we do not understand that you are the one that's sending Jesus. We need, Holy Spirit, that you please reveal to us. Lord, firstly, reveal our hearts. Are we in a posture of receiving, Lord? Are we in a posture of receiving the ambassadors that you sent, Lord? Are we in a posture of receiving the message that you sent? Lord, are we in a posture where we say we do not measure righteousness unjustly? We allow you to guide us, Lord. And we want to repent tonight, Lord, of being so selfish that, that we even from a serving perspective serve only people that we deem fit we are so sorry that we so easily make it all about us thank you for this time Lord that as a family we could be together and we trust you for revelation Holy Spirit we trust you also to guide us into this week and as we fellowship Lord we pray, please guide us, help us, show us, reveal to us. We desperately need you, Lord.